Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Isn't it good to know and be reminded that we're chosen, we are His sons and daughters. If you trusted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to worry about it. Christ has you. Now we're in the, the sanctification process, the process of being made into the image of His Son. God's weeding out things, guys. That's what He uses life. He uses this thing called life. To get rid of the stuff that he doesn't want there. To, he, he allows things to happen to mold and shape us into exactly who he desires us to be. That's the process that we're in. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, I encourage you. I pray for you. I pray in the name of Jesus that you trust, that you stop running, but that you trust Christ as your Lord and Savior before eternity. Before eternity gets us, guys. It's not a game. It's real. It's appointed in the man wants to die, and then there's going to be a judgment. At that moment, the only thing that matters, it's not how much you had, who you were, what your last name was, what your title was. It's what did you do with Jesus? That's all that matters. And I pray that every one of you know Christ personally, that you have a personal relationship with him and that you're growing. Listen, Paul says, we're reading through the book of Philippians, not that I've arrived or already have got there yet, but one thing I do is I press on. Guys, continue to press on. Don't stop. Don't stop allowing life and allowing His Spirit to transform you, getting rid of the junk and putting in what He wants. That's how it works. He takes the junk out and He replaces it with the things that He wants in us. In us. So continue to, to, continue to grow. That's Part of being chosen in Him. If you've got your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me over to uh, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at a lot of places this morning. We're going to bounce around to a lot of spots. Um, originally, all week long, it talked about being in the book of Numbers this morning. This past Sunday, we talked about there in Joshua chapter 1, how they were entering the promised land, how... They had wandered around the wilderness in rebellion to God. And because of the consequences that we were going to look at in Numbers 13 and 14. And look, I would encourage you, go read Numbers 13 and 14 sometime. Read it this afternoon or something. That's when uh, God told Moses to send 12 men into the land of Canaan to spy out the land, to check it out, to see what it's, it's all about, to see... He's done promised them the land. He said, hey, you're going to take this land. I have given it to you, period. But go and check it out. Send people in there. And we know, as you read Numbers 13 and 14, that 10 of the 12 spies came back with a bad report. Although the land was great, yes, although the land was exactly what God had promised them what would be, the grapes, listen, the grapes, Scripture says, two men had to carry them, and they were dropping all the way to the ground in the pomegranates. It was just a, a blessed place flowing with milk and honey, as God had promised. But ten of the men came back with a negative report. Joshua and Caleb, on the other hand, said, look, we can do it. We can take that mountain. We can take that land. And here's why God had promised it to them. Let me say this to you. As you strive to walk in obedience to the Lord, as you strive to please Him in all aspects of who you are, as you consider your walk, as you consider the choices you make and the, the things you say and see and hear and participate in, as God does, 
weave out and weed out the stuff that should not be there. And he begins to put the things in you that he desires to be in you. Here's the thing. Many around you may not like it. Many around you may not accept it. Many of those, uh, of those here's what happened. The, ten, the 12 spies came back. Ten of them were, were given a bad report and they were stirring up the people. And Caleb and Joshua were saying, yeah, but God had promised us, settle down. We can, we can take this. This is what God had promised. And those people, literally, they were so upset they were about to pick up stones and stone them. And God showed up. That's exactly what happens in our world today. When you and I step out on faith, God's with you. When you, whether it's studying the Word, whether it's praying more often, whether it's giving and serving and loving and doing and, and leading your own, whether, whether whatever the Spirit of God is leading you to do, Satan is not going to stand by quietly. He's going to come at you with everything he's got and he uses people. And just as the children of Israel were wanting to stone Caleb and Joshua way back then, the world, listen, the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing. To those that do not know Christ, this is foolishness. Look, we got almost 50 kids back there. We got a whole room full here. Guess what? It was a room full first service. This place, God is, is doing. And here's the thing. It's rainy. It's nasty. Why are you here? Had almost 200 in here first service. Why in the world are people going to go to church in the rain? That's foolishness to the world. But to us that know Christ, to us that desire to be obedient and to desire to be where He's at, to where His people are, guys, there's no better place to be in the rain than right here with other brothers and sisters in Christ. And here's the thing, as you make that a commitment, as you make that a priority, as you make His Word, His ways, His will for your life a priority, the world may look at you funny. Don't expect the world, don't expect them to, to just add a boy you because they probably won't. I, I can imagine there may be ridicule. But here's the thing. He's worth it. Christ is worth it. Walking in obedience to the Lord is so worth it. Being right where He wants you to be for your family, your family being right where He wants you to be is so worth it. What's the matter what the world says? What's the matter? Satan comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. He's a liar. He's the, he's the author of lies. He's the author of confusion. He's, he is anti-Christ. Continue, continue walking, hungering, thirsting, desiring obedience in Him. It starts in His Word. It starts with studying His Word. It starts with knowing His Word. How do we know God? We don't just know Him by listening to what guys say and what teachers say and what they say on TV and watching The Chosen and watching, uh, watching Left Behind and watching YouTube documentaries. No, it comes down to getting into this book. New Year's. We're reading the Bible together. We're reading through Scripture together. Guys, how is your reading Look over at 2 Timothy chapter 4, chapter 3, beginning in verse 16. Look at what Scripture says about this book that I hold here. Look at what the Bible says. It says this, all Scripture is inspired by God. That means every single bit of it. 
every bit of it. From, from Genesis to the end of Revelations, I remember when I was a kid, the preacher would always say, Genesis through the maps. I'm not saying the maps are inspired, but I'm saying the rest of it is. Why? Because the Bible says this. The Bible says all Scripture is inspired by God. Some of your versions, King James is probably going to read, God breathed. It's literally, when we open up this word, every bit of it, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. How do we know who God is? How do we know how, who Christ is? It's through the Word of God. How do we know the promises of God and the promise of the Holy Spirit? It's through the Word of God. We know the will and ways of God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit and His interaction with His creation, man, through His Word. Go with me over. Look at Luke chapter 24. Got a lot of stickies this morning. Going to move quickly. Look at Luke chapter 24. Remember after Jesus' resurrection, he was on the road. Those men were on the road to Emmaus traveling back. By this time, uh, Mary Magdalene and the women had done gone and seen that the tomb was empty. And John and Peter had done rushed in and found the tomb empty. And Jesus here is headed with the men. Notice what it says beginning in Luke 24, beginning in verse 13. Scripture says, and behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you're exchanging with one another? Are you, as you walk, as you're walking? And they stood still looking sad. And one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. There's two men walk into Emmaus were, were shocked that Jesus would not know well that this man see they didn't know who he was at the time notice what he says look down what, what Jesus says in verse 27 very important for us today then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures they went on a little further. They go to supper. He sits down. Their eyes are open. He disappears out of the room. If you keep on reading down through there, they're gathered up in the upper room. Jesus comes in their midst. He shows them his hands. He shows them his side. Look over in verse 44. He says, Now he said to them, These are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses... That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the law, the Torah, all of that. And the prophets, that's all the prophets. That's Old Testament, minor prophets, major prophets. Look at what it says about me in the, in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. This whole story, can you imagine Jesus is walking down through there and he's explaining to the men about how over in the... 
Old Testament, how in the law and how in the Psalms and how all through the prophets, it was literally talking about him. Then he opened their minds to understand Scripture. Guys, if there's one thing that we should pray is for that very verse right there. God in heaven, open our minds so that we can understand Scripture. God in heaven, open our minds. Give us a spirit of understanding, a spirit of discernment, a spirit of to be able to look in the middle of all the chaos, in the middle of all the distractions, in the middle of all the things that pulls us. Help us to be able to see through your spirit, through your eyes. God, give us wisdom to comprehend what your word is saying. Guys, there's a desire I have. I want to be able to see him in the Old Testament. I want to be able to see him hidden off in the stories that we've read to our children, that we read to our children, that our young ones are learning in Sunday schools and in VBSs. I want to be able to see Christ hidden in all of those stories, whether it's, whether it's over in uh, 1 Samuel 17 with David and Goliath. I want to be able to see Christ there. Uh, this, this, listen, the world would not have written the script like this. The world would not have written a script that, hey, you have this insurmountable giant called sin, and there's absolutely nothing anybody could do. But God sent this little shepherd boy. Even Saul said, there's no way you're going to take on that giant. But we know the rest of the story. There's absolutely no that us could do anything about the giant of sin but God sent his own son and killed it for us Christ died on the cross substitutionary atoning sacrificial death of Christ there on the cross to satisfy and appease the wrath of God for us for you and for me think about Moses no Noah think about Noah building the ark think about Noah listen that ark God built that ark God put them on that ark. God put the people in that ark exactly who he wanted in that ark. And the, and the floods came and everything happened. And when he got to the other side of that ark, he, God opened it up and he let the people out. It's the most beautiful picture of the gospel. And the security of the believer and the security of those who put their trust and their faith in him. Everybody perished except those that got in the ark. Everybody perished except those who did exactly what God said do. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's only one way and it's through Christ. There was only one way there and it was through the ark. All through the Old Testament, Jesus says he preached to them. And in the Psalms, look over with me. Look with me there. Psalms chapter 2. The Psalms are full of, I think it's Psalms 2, Psalms 22, Psalms 8, Psalms 9, Psalms 110. Psalms, it's in the sixth. I don't remember them all, but it's all through the Psalms. Jesus is talked about. Jesus, can you imagine him in the upper room when he's showing them his hands? He's also taking them back to the Psalms and saying, hey, that was me. Look at Psalms chapter 2, beginning in verse 7. He says, I will surely tell of the decrees of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you, ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth as your possessions. Turn over, look at, I mean, just pick, go to 110, look at 110, Psalm 110, verse 1. Guys, all scriptures God breathed, every bit of this. 
Every bit of this book, from, from Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, to the prophets, major, minor prophets, to the Psalms, every bit of it is pointing us to Christ. How are you doing on your Bible reading? It should not be one of those things that we say, I know I ought to be doing and I should be doing. It should be one of those things we're just doing. Guys, I pray that 23, remember the children of Israel, they wandered circles. Remember last week, they were 11 day journey from, they were an 11 day journey at most to the promised land. But because of the rebellion of the 10 and the children of Israel, Caleb and Joshua said, hey, let's go in. But they rebelled and God said, look, you will not. Everybody's going to die before you go in. Because of your rebellion, because of your disobedience, because of you doing what you want to do, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years when at the most they were 11, 12 miles away from the destination. Guys, how many of us are wandering, just wandering, chasing ourselves, disobeying God? God, I know I ought to read. God, I know I ought to pray. Listen, in the entire Word of God, all Scripture is God-breathed. And yet we rationalize, we figure out ways, we try to... We can put everything in the world in front of it. But only it has the Word of life. Only it has the words of life. Look at, read Psalm 110. It says, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power, in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as your due. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Can you imagine? Jesus is sitting there saying to the people, that's me. Church, every bit of this, this is him. We're not talking about a figure. We're not talking about a great teacher. No, we're talking about the actual God of this universe. Isaiah 53. Turn there with me. Can you imagine Jesus pointing to the Pointing to his disciples saying, you know, in Isaiah 53, when, when the prophet Isaiah wrote some six, seven hundred years before I ever was thought of, before I ever came forth, he said this about me. He said, who has believed our message? And to who has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of parched ground, he had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. Jesus is like, that's me it's talking about. He was despised and forsaken of me, and a man of sorrows, and acquainted with much grief. And like one who men hide their faces, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Can you imagine Jesus quoting Isaiah 53 to him and said, you know what, guys? I was pierced through for your transgressions. I was crushed for your iniquities. The chastening for all of your well-being fell upon me and because of my scourgings. You are healed. All scripture is God breathed. Every bit of it. Every single 
bit of it. We have before us the words of life. Look over in Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we read there, even as far back as the very beginning in the curse, in the Garden of Eden, before God had put Adam and Eve out of the garden in the curse itself. In verse 15, God says this to Satan. In verse 15 of Genesis 3, he says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. It's talking about Jesus. Guys, every bit of this, let me ask you the question, how, is your, how, how are you doing? Remember I talked last week, you came in, many pump, we came in on 2023 saying this was going to be a new year, just like many of us came in in 2013 and 2003 and 1993 saying, hey, this is going to be the year. How are you doing reading this book? It ain't going to change. It ain't going to change. All scriptures God breathed. And I, I, this morning, literally, I walked down from this, not knowing where I was going, but I went over to Casey's phone. This morning, I went and got mine. And I said, when I stood before the church earlier, I said this was one of the most convicting things. All of this is God-breathed. All Scripture is God-breathed. How much time do we spend on this? You know what was so interesting? What was so interesting, and I don't know why it did it, but at 930, 9.30, 9.40 or whatever, the entire room's notifications went off on how much space, how much screen time they had had. They were sitting in Sunday school talking about, dude, what in the world did you do? I'm like, listen, I didn't have a clue what I was even doing. Guys, we want a difference. We want to be different. We want to know God deeper. We want an intimate, deep walk with the Lord. Screen time. You know your number. First thing we look at is FaceTime, Facebook, Instagram, emails. Listen. Listen, when that, Snapchat, when that Snapchat thing pops up, we will break our necks to see it. All scriptures God breathed. There ain't nothing about this God breathed. I walked into Office Depot. What's the one beside Hobby Lobby, Office Depot, Max, whatever it is. I walked in there. Me and Avery walked in this past week. Didn't even have my phone on. I had it on me, but I didn't even have it on. I walked back there to the back, you know, where the tables and the desk and the office chairs are. You know what I'm talking about. I walked back there. I literally walked. I guess I walked by some barcodes or something. I walked by some things. I get back home and my Facebook and every everything they was trying to sell me, office chairs and tables and lamps and to sell me highlighters and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. Guys, this. Not this. Meta knows how much we're looking at this. God knows how much we're looking at this. Guys, we're running circles. 
children of Israel for 40 years ran circles. They were right there. All they had to do was, all they had to do was, okay, God, I'm going to do what you said do, and I'm just going to go that direction. I'm going to go do exactly what you want me to do instead of doing what I want to do. They rebelled for 40 years. They disobeyed. They disobeyed. They disobeyed when all they had to do was just simply, Lord God, I'll do what you want me to do. That's just one distraction. Big one. Only this is God breathed. God, I want to know you more. Get in the book. God, I, I, want to, I want to know your will for my life. Get in the word. God, I want to see you more. I want to see, God, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to walk in obedience to you. Get in the word. Get in it. We're, we're reading. Notice this. Notice this. Read Philippians. Read Philippians. Read Philippians. We talk about behind the scenes. What can we give them to read something? What can we do? How can we? What's the new rabbit? Can we throw them peppermint? Can we, I mean, look, if this will work, I mean, I don't know. Will this work? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. But I guarantee if your phone rings, you're going to answer it. I guarantee if you get a notification, you're going to check it. I guarantee you, if you leave the house, you're going to have it on you. Or you're just going to die. You're going to die before you get to the mailbox. That's how it is. There's some about you get to the mailbox without your phone, you will die. 20, 30, 40 years, we'd have never preached this. 20, 30, 40 years ago, this would have never been a conversation. Guys, let me say something. The devil ain't going to stop. It's just a new package. Devil ain't gonna stop. The devil ain't gonna stop. It's just a new package. All scriptures God breathed. All scripture is the word of God. Hebrews 4, 12. Okay. Okay. I was right on the 12. Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrows, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from His sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. One of the scariest verses in all of Scripture. With whom we have to do. With whom we have to do. <sighs> Meta don't know everything God does. Family don't know everything God does. Parents and spouses don't know everything but God does. Guys, you want to be different? Be different. You want to you you see your life transformed and be different and walk in obedience to Him. The world may reject you. Joshua and Caleb said, we can take that mountain. We can do what God said do. And they were ready to stone them.
a choice. It's a choice. But choices start now. Choices start now. We serve a forgiving God or a forgetting God who, who forgives us and wipes it away and throws it as far as the east is from the west. I want to know Him more. I want to be able to see Him through every verse. I want to be able to see Christ in every story. I want to be able to see Christ all through it. You know what? I got to do something. I got to. Bible says, study to show thyself approved. Study. Study. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. You know you. You know where you are. We're going to sing, Father God, I, I pray, Lord, for this room. I pray, God, for individuals. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm probably talking to more people than they want to really be honest about. Lord, you got us. God in heaven, help us. God in heaven, help us. Lord, forgive us. God, we got priorities and we got, oh, as we examine our lives, as we looking up and down the halls of our, our time, our schedule, our lives, our, our passions, our focuses, our, Lord, where do you fit in? Where are you in all of that? God, don't let us continue to play church, play the game, play Christianity and play it when, God, we give you. It's embarrassing to even say how much time we give you. Oh, but let cancer come. Oh, but let sickness come. Oh, but let a trial come. God, don't let us be just that group of people. God, help us be people who are about you and about your word and your will and your ways. And we live it out every single day of our life. Whether we're on a mountain or we're in a valley, we're going to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.